It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from the first one with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is the first one. I talk to the most iconic artists on the planet about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland, who tell their stories about their first hits that took them to being overlooked to being overbooked. Join me every Thursday, only on Amazon Music. Thanks for coming in, Mr. Mahoney. Do you have your member ID card? Yep, I have it right here in the FEP Blue app. See? Great. It's awesome. The app can also help me find a provider and keep tabs on my deductibles. Okay, can I... Oh, yeah, and my out-of-pocket spending and visit limits, and I can call the nurse line. I'm really glad it does all that, but I only need to see your member ID card. Oh, that's it? Why didn't you say so? Fearless is just one tap away. With the new FEP Blue app from Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you can access your health benefits on the go. Download it now at fepblue.org slash app. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. How you guys doing today? I hope you're doing well. Bengals football just a couple days away. If you missed yesterday's episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast, well, you missed out on Will Clark. You missed out on Adam Pacman Jones. And for my money, the Bengals' best defender through four games, Carlos Dunlap, also talked about the Dallas Cowboys, this matchup, and so much more. So go back, listen. I also talked to George Iloka earlier in the week. That's in one of our episodes as well. Like I said, exclusive content from the Bengals' locker room, from, from Paul Brown Stadium. Get to me. I deliver it to you. That's what this is. That's why I want you to share it with your friends, your Bengals fans uh, that, that you know, your neighbors, your cousins, your brothers, your uncles, your mothers, everybody. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can su- subscribe at audioboom.com. Follow me on Twitter, by the way, at James Rapine for links to all my rants, essays, blog posts, and this podcast. But this is something that I'm excited for, and I'm excited because I have this guy on every week to recap the Bengals game in our weekly Bengals film review. The day after the Bengals game, I bring on Joe Goodberry. Joe comes on after watching the film, dissecting the film, tells me who played well, who didn't. It's it's perfect. It's a, it's a 15-minute listen, and I do it on my blog at ESPN 1530 and 700WLW.com. Well, I decided to do a little preview here on the Locked on Bengals podcast of Cowboys Bengals, and I'm going to do it with Joe Goodberry. Hopefully we can make this a weekly thing. Joe joins us now. Follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Really good Twitter follow. Joe, I, I want to start here because obviously Tyler Eifert's the story. He was expected to be back this week. Instead, he injured his back. I know he hasn't played all season, but how big of a loss is it for this offense that Eifert won't be on the field on Sunday? It's a big loss. I mean, I think we've seen the first four weeks uh, their struggles on offense. Uh, even though they, you know, they're two and two, they have put up points in the games they've won. But the red zone has been a huge issue. They settled for what was it, five field goals against the Dolphins. They're not throwing into the end zone. They're really not uh, using the tight end, other than a couple up the seam shots when the safety is uh, creeping towards green way too far. It's just obvious you go to Uzama or, or Croft. They did that a couple times versus the Steelers. They did it against the Dolphins once. You know, we're seeing one or two plays to the tight end every game, but really Eifert should be our number two guy he's a guy that could command 10 targets a game and with his talent and 
with the NFL defenses struggling to cover tight ends for the greater part of the last 10 years, he should be a huge weapon. Uh, we've seen LaFell be very inconsistent with, with uh, you know, just his game-to-game production. His outside speed isn't there. We knew that coming in, so they really haven't been able to stretch defenses the way they would like to. Eifert would help that just because of the mismatches and the, the things you can do with, like, Eifert and Green on the same side. If you want to shade that free safety towards Green, Eifert's going to be open down the seam against the linebacker or safety without anyone over top. You know, I think as Andy Dalton would take that every time if the opportunity presented itself. So, yeah, it's a big deal. You know, I, hopefully this isn't a long-term thing. I saw, I think it was Paul Denner was talking about um, uh, potential IR stuff. I, I think he was just speculating. But at the same time, just even hearing that, was, I was like, oh, this can't be real. This, you know, this guy's been injured way too often. And while he's a great player, you kind of get into this dilemma of, you know, do you extend him? I think you do because his price tag probably, probably is a little bit cheaper. You know, I'm thinking looking forward here. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's such an unknown to rely on a guy like that to really build your offense around. And the Bengals really did when they let go of both receivers this offseason. You know, I think they figured Eifert would be in for, for a big year. Um, it's just a lot of uncertainty right now. There's no doubt about that. Uh, in, uh, from what I'm hearing, it isn't something that's going to send him to IR, but I know they were still evaluating it the last time I I heard. So we'll uh, definitely keep you updated on that one. Joe, you mentioned the red zone struggles, and I think that that's probably the biggest concern definitely for the offense moving forward. Is it scheme? Is it lack of talent on offense, just missing that Tyler Eifert on offense? What's the reason? Is it a mixture of things or a reason the Bengals are struggling so much around the goal line? It, as always, it's a combination of everything. And I always say that for a lot of your questions, but it, it, it's true for everything in football. You need parts to click. You need you can't have one thing fail. And right now their running game is really failing them. Uh, they're not getting much push up front, especially when you get in the red zone. Everything gets tighter. It seems like the, you know there's more defenders on the field. It's not real, but you know, just because everything's tighter, you can't stretch the field. Those safeties are closer up. If the defense is in zone, the windows are even tighter. So to run the ball, and they can't run it right now, they haven't really all year consistently, it's really limiting them once they get into that 15, 10-yard range. And when they want to throw the ball right now, they're not putting the ball into the zone defenses. They're checking it short, or they're, they're, they're don't face, uh, or forced to pull the ball down, go to a secondary third option, and, you know, defenses have just played them really well so far. I, I don't think it gets fixed unless they can run the ball much, much better or Eifert comes back and he's a guy that's just open all the time, even when he's covered, or you just force it to A.J. Green, which I'm not opposed to doing that either. Joe, we, we talked about this a lot in the offseason, and it was about the wide receiver pool, especially in free agency. One name that I know we were both in favor of was Anquan Bolden. Now looking at their red zone struggles, knowing what Anquan Bolden brings, even at 36 years old, a big-bodied guy who can probably make a difference in the red zone, is it? Is it? Did, I don't know. I found myself looking back and wondering, well, they should have made the move when he was out there, and they didn't, and now they're kind of paying for it now that Eifert could be out longer than we expected. Yeah, and I think a lot of it had to do with Tyler Boyd being the definite slot guy and a guy that they're going to invest in for the next five plus years as your, as your slot guy. Uh, they probably didn't want to limit his snaps and his production and his development. So they figured we'll be fine. You know, as long as we get Eifert back and the offense should be fine if we can run the ball, but it probably was a missed opportunity, uh, you know, to add a receiver. Another guy I remember you brought up a lot was Mike Wallace. 
I think Mike Wallace has three touchdowns for the Ravens. He had a two-point conversion inside the uh, yep. you know, last week in you know in the fourth quarter. I he surprised me. I didn't think he'd be this good. I, he's been good with good teams, and he's been bad with bad teams. Sometimes that's how guys are, you know. But I, that is a guy that would bring some speed to the to the outside. But again, we're far past that now. We're stuck with the guys we have, and they have to figure out a way to make it work. And one more note on that: the reason, and I know this pretty much for a fact, that they weren't interested in Bolden was the lack of speed. <laughs> that he was yeah. just slow now. Mike Wallace is is nothing in anything but slow. Even when he's forty five, he'll be able to run. I mean, the guy can still run. He might not have been an effective receiver, but. You look at this, this offense, another downfield threat. You're right. That's a good point. I didn't even think about Wallace. Yeah, just for, the biggest issue right now in their passing game is that lack of respect on the other side, that other receiver spot. They do not believe LaFell is going to beat them deep. And that free safety is shaking towards green so hard pre-snap. It is very obvious when you watch the tape. They are not scared of the other two receivers. Wallace would at least scare somebody and, and force them to back off. And, you know, the reports were they liked Will Fuller, too. We see how well Will Fuller's played in the, in the first quarter of this season as a rookie. That, again, if that could have happened and it seems like they would have made that pick, uh, this offense would be completely different. It certainly would. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. I'm James Rapine. We're joined by Joe Goodberry right now talking Bengals. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. Joe, let's, let's talk about Sunday, and here's my logic. Coming into this year, and I think it's safe to say that the Bengals expected themselves, fans expected them to be one of the top teams in the AFC. We haven't seen that, and it's been a month. And, and it's for a variety of reasons, injuries, new scheme, turnover at, on offense, et cetera, et cetera. But it has been a month, and they've had training camp, I think, and they've had 10 days. Here's the other thing. They've had 10 days off. I think that this should be the game where they flash, where it comes together, and I know part of it, part of this logic was when Eifert comes back as well. They don't get him. I still think they should go to Dallas and win. I don't think Dallas has seen a team like Cincinnati, especially up front on defense. We talked about the wide receivers. I do think that the Cowboys' cornerbacks could be beat, even by Tyler Boyd and Brandon LaFell. I think the Bengals should win by 10-plus. If they're as good as we thought they were, your thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, the 10 days is a big thing. Uh, also, the uncommon opponent thing, I know we've talked about this. I talk about this usually every week. Uh, they haven't played the Cowboys in a long time. Andy Dalton in the passing offense usually looks at the top of their game against opponents they haven't seen in the last year. Uh, the Cowboys are one of those teams. They should be a good passing day. I know Mo- Mowers Claiborne for the Cowboys has played much better this year, finally, for, I mean, for a Cowboys perspective, you know, they draft this guy in the top ten. They expect him to be a shutdown corner. He hasn't been able to put it together. He's been injured last the first few years. He's finally looks like a top pick this year. He's playing really well. Having said that, I don't think that even the top corners in the league can cover A.J. Green. So, at the end of the day, uh, that's still a matchup to watch, but I still think Green wins that one. I still don't think he can cover. Uh, and they don't have a pass rusher. They get Marcus Lawrence back this week. But still, he's going to go against uh, Andrew Whitworth at the left on the left side. There, it's not going to be much of an advantage for the Cowboys at all to even get him back this week. And after missing the first four games, how rusty will he be? Their pass rush is really lacking right now. If anything, they can defend the run, uh, but the Bengals can't run it anyway. So it's not that big of a deal. I will be interested to see how the Cowboys' offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott does against the Bengals' defensive line. That's a matchup to watch. If they can control Elliott. I think you can control Dak Prescott. He's really not taking the field, so the Bengals' DBs really have to tackle this game. 
Absolutely. And, and here's the thing when it comes to that, that offensive line of Dallas. I think the Bengals' strategy in this one is a lot like Denver's. Uh, their strategy was in Denver or against Denver. Make Dak, uh, get pressure on him, force them to throw the ball. And the thing is, is Dallas, and I know uh, the Broncos haven't, but they haven't really thrown it downfield. If Dez doesn't play, I'm not sure they have guys. They don't have Demarius and Emmanuel Sanders, guys that can beat Adam Jones or Dre one-on-one or shouldn't be able to at least on the outside. Agreed. If Dez isn't playing, it's Cole Beasley and it's Jason Witten probably each getting 10 targets. And both those guys are underneath guys. I think Cole Beasley's longest career reception is like 28 yards or something insanely low. Uh, so those guys aren't going to beat you over the top. It'll be a much different matchup this week. And I, I don't expect – and I, I agree completely. I think it's the same game plan. You shut down the run. You say we're, we're playing everyone up close. Beat us over the top. I think Dak Prescott has only completed one pass over 20 yards this year, and he's only attempted eight. So that's about two a game and only one this season. So it'll be a much different scenario if Pac-Man's playing a much better game than he had against the the Broncos. And on the one touchdown that really ended the game was Chris Lewis-Harris substituting in. He really doesn't see too many snaps. So, you know, I'll take that. I'll roll that same dice again, and I think the Bengals come out with a win. Yeah, and I think on the flip side, if they lose, they're not as good as we thought they were. And I know that sounds like really a simple statement, but I think if they lose, you can probably count on not winning the AFC North and you're hoping for a wild card spot. And, you know, we probably felt the same way going into the Miami game where, okay, we should beat this team and the Bengals should look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only concern was probably prime time if you still believe that's an issue. But anyways, short week they came too, out I guess. They- Right. Yeah, short week also. And they look good. They would have really capped it off and had us feeling really good if they would have converted some of those red zone opportunities into touchdowns. They could have won 42-7, to really. Um, so I think this game is very similar. We want another game where not only they win, we want them to look good while they win. The, the two wins they do have, uh, they weren't the prettiest. You know, the Jets game was really close. The first half was, was really tough matchup for them. And I'm not sure how good the Jets are the longer we go into the season. So when you look at the two teams they beat and the two teams they lost to, right now we're like, man, we lost to two playoff teams, probably really good playoff teams, and we beat two teams that probably aren't making the playoffs. I don't know if Cowboys are, are going to make the playoffs, but if they're going to have if they're a team that you should beat, not only do I want you to win, I want you to win and look good, look like you're making progress, look like you're figuring things out for the long run. Joe, one more for you. Are you surprised at the because I when I think of Brandon LaFell and when I think of Tyler Boyd and what he did in college, I think of guys that are going to be just physical enough. They're not burners, but that they'll succeed in short yardage short down and distances you know if you need eight yards Tyler Boyd will get you the eight yards are you surprised that they haven't been utilized more in the goal line yes I am especially for Boyd because uh there are been there have been some plays he's been open there's been some plays especially from the slot when he's got a two-way go he can run a slang out you know they give him some option plays I'd like to see more of that for him I think he's a smart route runner I think he's an accurate route runner Without being the most athletic guy, I think for a rookie, for a rookie, he's flashed a little bit uh, that he's going to end up being a very good NFL route runner. I think there's a few times Dalton just isn't patient enough, doesn't trust these guys enough. A lot of this offense is very timing based, uh, trust, trusting where you know that the, the receivers are seeing the same thing you're receiving, that you're seeing, and when you hit your back foot for Dalton, you're going to throw the ball to a spot and you expect the receiver to be there. Um, I think a little bit of trust issues and a little bit of hesitation by Dalton to make sure his receivers are at that spot at the right time 
uh, is making it a little bit harder. We've seen some contested balls thrown towards LaFell that probably shouldn't have been contested, but only because of the, the little little extra second it takes Dalton to throw it just to make sure the guy's there uh, is taking the offense and limiting it a little bit and how much you can use those other two guys. I do wish we would just see a little bit more out of Boyd uh, in terms of them just forcing it to him or trying to go to him on third down. There's a lot of plays that looks like he can be open or, or potentially be open if they just trust him. Joe, great stuff as always. I appreciate you joining me here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. Thanks for having me. That's Joe Goodberry. Follow him on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. Tomorrow, you're going to get my prediction, even though I've hinted at it all week. And I hinted at it seven minutes ago to Joe on what I expect to happen on Sunday. Plus, you'll hear from Carlos Dunlap, a part that you didn't get in yesterday's episode. You're going to hear from him and so much more. So make sure you tell your neighbors, brothers, mothers, sons, uncles, and every Bengals fan you know about this podcast. It's only going to get better as we continue to improve the podcast on a daily basis. I'm James Erpine. Subscribe to us on iTunes and audioboom.com. And until tomorrow, thank you for listening right here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wildcard exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason. Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.